We got the truth. We got the truth. We got the big truth of small business. Sponsored by Yes, I rent. Yes, I rent. Yes, I rent property management. Replace good tenants and collect your rent. Maintain your properties and account for a smile. Truth. We got the truth. We got the big truths. We definitely have the big truths. Small business. Of small business. Should I sing it? Sponsored by Yes, I yeah. How do I sound, Joe? How do I sound? <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, almost harmonized I right there. Pretty good about you that. You did. You man. almost harmonized. Pretty good wow. about that. All right. All right. Here we Welcome go. to the big truce of small business, starring, by the way, Travis Castle. Wow. Is, is there is there an applause button? Can I get a little little song? Okay, I can't. My partner Joe Watkins. We're joined today by Clay Cuts of Square Peg Coaching. Right, Clay. Thank you for making the drive yeah. from uh, Sharpsburg, Peachtree City, Georgia, absolutely to McDonough, Georgia. I yeah, welcome, man. Yeah, man. Good Not to, the best good drive. To, so good to hang out with you guys. Yeah, yeah. So today we've got man. We've already kind of talked to Clay a good bit. There's so <laughs> many topics here. Our our struggle is narrowing the field. Joe, what do you want to talk to Clay about today? <laughs> I mean, I feel like he's already given you a little bit of free therapy. Well. <laughs> Okay. Therapy or coaching? Okay. I'm not, I'm not, after talking to both of you, I'm not sure if it's. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Clay introduce right. what is on his heart, and then we're gonna we're gonna dive in. So Clay, what are we talking about today? Yeah. So, yeah, like you guys said, a lot of a lot of topics I love to discuss. I, uh, um, maybe mindset. Mm. Yeah. Mindset, how it how it affects us as small business people, and. Then, yeah, I think I think so. And how how mindset uh, as a business owner ties to the rest of our lives, right? And how we how we run things, um, and maybe a little bit about how uh, how to cultivate a mindset that's um, um, appropriate and useful for developing or moving to the next level in your business or to meeting projects. So that, that those are the kinds of the kinds of things I talk to my clients about a lot. So well, the mind we're... is one of our favorite things to talk about. Yeah, the brain's complex. It's as you said. In the pre-show, it's between our ears. Yeah, is our, yeah. These are our biggest problems. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So. Yeah, this morning. So I, I, I shared with you in our uh, in our meeting this morning. We watched a little five minute video, and you had read the book. And obviously, you're an expert in this. But it was talking about the growth mindset. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the other mindset was, frankly. The Fi- growth fixed. The fixed. Yeah, the growth mindset was obviously where we were, were, were focused on and wanted to be. But I think so many people, and I think we've been guilty of this too. Uh, kind of look at the circumstances and go, you know, my talent takes me so far, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, my smarts, you know, look, we're either born, you know, a math student or not. I mean, we have a certain capability here in business. And, you know, maybe we're maxed out. We're doing pretty good. We're paying the bills and we're maxed out. Well, I mean, I think a part of our partnership uh, at Yes, I Rent is that we don't want to be maxed out. You know, so so part of the uh, the, the, the tension here is how do we move forward? And, and where we've sort of landed is it's kind of this mindset piece, mm-hmm. which if yeah. we're the leaders of our business, um, then we're only going to move forward if we move forward with our mindset. Yeah. So share with us a little bit in terms of, uh, you know, the guy that's sort of stuck. Um, sure. You know, how do you what are some of the real tangible things we would do? Let's back up a little bit yeah, and let sure. Clay tell us who Clay is. Sure. What your background is and, and, and what you're bringing to the subject matter. Sure. Here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm. So I'm a, a licensed clinical social worker, uh, which which means I'm a, a therapist. I, I work. I have a private practice in Peachtree City. I see individual clients That's there. Peachtree City, Georgia. Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought, I thought everybody in the world knew <laughs> no, what Peachtree City a, was. No, this is a worldwide program, <laughs> man. Yeah, we are international <laughs> clay. For those in Singapore, that's in Georgia. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, and so, um, um, but I've, over the last couple of years, been, been, been sort of moving more towards the coaching direction and, and bringing people forward from, you know, from that, you know, from that perspective. And uh, sort of one of the things that I like to talk about, we were talking about this a little bit before the show, and I thought I would just sort of share it because I think it's really important. Um, and, and part of my, part of my work as a therapist and a social worker, no matter where I go, no matter who I talk to, I think one of my responsibilities is to try to reduce the stigma around mental health and the yeah. stigma around, around therapy. Right. And so one of the reasons that I do more coaching is because there's less stigma there, but here's a little secret. It's a lot of the same stuff, right? Yeah. You know, and it's all, it's a lot about human growth and development. And so, so for me, um, human change 
is about the acquisition and mastery of the applicable skill for the problem in, in front of us, right? And so I'm here, I want to go there. I need to change something about me to get from here to there. Clay, stop for a minute. Wait, 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 I was about to say the same thing. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I've never heard Travis say anything that intelligent. Can can you, can, (laughs) I don't don't quite know how to say this, Clay. I'm just going to say it in McDonough-ese since we're sitting in McDonough. Can you dumb that down a little bit for my part? He really needs to hear this. All right, go ahead. So, yeah. (laughs) How dumb you want me to be? Bottom, the the shelf is right here. (laughs) Yeah, so. So th- think about it. So I'll, I'll give you some example. Uh, Try to give you an example from my life. Because I've over the years, I've built, I've built several small businesses, and a couple of them have actually been successful, and um, a lot of them have not. And I've learned a ton. It's, it's sort of a cliche to say you learn a lot from your failures, but maybe I've learned a lot from my businesses that I've started that, that didn't work out. Right. Learned about a lot about myself. I've learned a lot about my resiliency. A lot about my ability to you know to bounce back, and just a lot of technical stuff too. Like, oh yeah, don't ever do that again, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I've had to acquire a lot of new skills. And so when I was building my private practice, which which by the way, selling therapy is I think the second hardest thing in the world to sell. Mm. Like the first is except during COVID. Well. <laughs> I, but it's hard to provide because I've had, yeah. I've had to go virtual with yeah, a lot of my true, clients, right. right? And I've had a fair number of clients who, who are not interested in a virtual experience. It's different. I understand. Yep. It's different. It feels different for me too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to sell. It's hard to sell. And so I think life insurance is probably the hardest thing to sell. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, I don't know. Property management could be. At least like, that's what I, my partner I feel tells like me. property management is, trust me. Well, at least, at least you guys can make an ROI, pretty clear ROI, yeah, return yeah, on yeah. investment that's, that's argument. True. And so, I mean, nobody nobody ever calls me and says, hey, everything's great. Can I come can I come pay you to talk to you, right? True. And so I say that sort of jokingly. But really, I've, I've been able to build a successful therapy practice. And I thought, well, how do I scale this? And that's where the coaching piece came in. And I thought, well, I don't even know what I know. So let's just rock and roll. And man, I ran into a wall and realized that, and this is where the mindset piece comes in is like, I like the mindset that it allowed me to get to where I could build a therapy practice is not completely irrelevant, but I need a whole new mindset mindset to do that. So I had to acquire new skills. And so part of that was, you know, acquiring new technical skills. And it's like, how do I, you know, how do I create, how do I shoot videos? How do I run Facebook ads? How do I, you know, how do I integrate, you know, Facebook with, with Instagram, with, with YouTube? Like is social media appropriate? Is it ethical? Is it like in right. my world, like all, like all those sort those sorts of, those sorts of technical skills. And so a lot of times I'll work with, with a client who, who is trying to build, trying to go up a level. And you know, I'm thinking of a client right now who's, who's written, he's a retired uh, physician. He's written a book that's super important. It's about recovery. He's in recovery and he's writing a book about recovery. And it's, it's targeted to medical students. And he's writing the book that he wishes he had, mm. the book about addiction that he wished he had when he was, I love he, that. Right. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, this is, I get goosebumps thinking about it because it's so important. And he gets so stuck on, but I don't want this to be a, an exercise in ego, mm, right? So I, that's we, we. A lot of us get stuck in there. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I mean, it's not a little hill; it's a mountain to yeah. overcome. And we've we've been working on it, and we're we're getting we're getting there. And he's he's moving forward, and so so the skill of being able to look at his thoughts, evaluate how he's talking to himself and vet what he's saying. Like, is what I'm saying to myself. Like, I don't care if it's true or false. What I care is, does it serve me? Mm. Right. And so the skill of being able to like accurately vet his internal dialogue and decide if it moves him towards his goal or not. And then if it doesn't, what, you know, what to do about it. So that's an example of, of, a, of, a, of a practical skill that somebody needs to learn to, to go from one level to the Let's next. Let's get into that, that, that ego piece a little bit. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, it's, I don't think it's talked about a whole lot. Yeah. I don't think that, 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 that if, if that is a, a problem that someone has, who do they go talk about? Yeah. Hey, I, I don't want to. There's an ego issue when I do this. Well, even that alone feels like there's an ego, ego issue. Right, right, right. It's like, and 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 Travis has heard the story, but 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 um, I wrote a song around this in my music because I have struggled for so long because I'm not a I'm not a professional music guy. I don't don't you know plan to be. Don't 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 pretend I am. However, mm-hmm. I I, I want to produce the best I can, and there's this weirdness around when I get in front of. Uh, you know, people, especially if there's any professional mu- mm-hmm. music people in mm-hmm. the room, 
Well, they, they've, they're trying to do it professionally and they've spent a lot more time on it than I have. Mm-hmm. And if there's any version of my music that, that, that touches in any way, a, a closeness of, of being good to theirs. And I think that's the case. Then I struggle. I start to struggle. I go, okay, now, am I being over egotistical? I'm not trying to be, I'm just trying to do my very best. I don't sure. know how. And I, and, and then, then, then that's that lack of self-confidence gets in your brain. Right. And then, and then it can get really bad. It's a trap. Yeah. And then, so music has been the one that I've used as, as, as that problem where the ego, and again, without a little ego, you also ain't going to be very good. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's just, it's a, it's a battle I think we have. So, so that's one of my favorite topics. And I think about it a little differently than, than a lot of people do. So let me, let me sort of lay this on you and see what you think about this. So, so I think of like, if you imagine a, a, a continuum, like, or maybe a number line and on one end of that, of that continuum on the, like the high end is uh, arrogance mm-hmm. on the other end is self-loathing. Okay. In the middle of that, the balance point in the middle is humility. The line itself is ego. Okay. So self-loathing is as much an ego problem as arrogance mm. is. And the, the, the humility piece in the middle is um, right-size thinking, right? Thinking of myself in, a, in an accurate, not overly positive, not overly, overly negative way. And if we can get, if we can get there, it's, it's because the, the trap is thinking, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Therefore I'm being, being humble. I don't think so. Well, let me ask you this in, in terms of kind of realityville, when somebody comes to see you or somebody that's listening, and I think this is a segment of the population out there. Um, they know somebody that started a small business or the small business has all the attributes that, you know, we all found attractive to it. Um, but we also kind of find when we're talking to people, there really is a segment of folks that kind of aren't cut out for it. Sure. I mean, and so how, how do you, uh, in terms of this conversation, how do you dissect, Hey, look, you've got some self-defeating issues going on here, which are keeping you from moving forward. We need to, we need to kill those and move forward versus maybe we need to recognize that those may be telling you something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so what, what you're asking is what, what if a, what if a client is trying to build a business and it, and it's never going to work? Right. It's just yeah. not there. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not sure. Or how do you know that? I mean, how, how do you identify that? I, I don't. Yeah, I, yeah I, I don't is, is the answer. And so really a big part of what I do is um, sort of it, it, help, helping a client explore what what is there, right? Mm-hmm. And helping them make decisions based on, based on fact uh, and data and not on, not on emotion. Now, right. emotion is important. Right. And I'm a therapist. I talk about feelings all the time. Sure. Uh, ad nauseum, some people would right. say. But when we make decisions based on emotion, we make mistakes. Right. Right. And so one of the things that, that I that I bring to the table with with my clients is a for, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to sacrifice the relationship for the truth. Mm. Well, that's the part of the name of the show it's what yeah, we're doing it for yeah it's kind of rare yeah. You know? yeah and it's i think it's i think it's doesn't do my clients have have plenty of people in their life who love them enough to lie to them right. i love them enough to tell them tell them the hard truth the things that their their spouse or their whoever won't you know won't 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 say to them um and so um I, part of this building a rapport to where i can just say you know, let's let's explore this and see if this is really what you want to do. Right. And we were talking about why earlier before the show, and that's a big part of it, is helping somebody get to to telling me, you know, why why do you want to have this business? And if they can't really really even if we, after we do the work, can't come up with a compelling reason why they want to do it, mm-hmm. man, there's a lot easier ways to make a living than, than running a business. Hundred percent. Yeah. Boy, it's it's been my advice in so many areas of life, but, but specifically when I've talked to small business guys that, because we work with a lot of them, we have vendors, we have all all types of folks we're dealing with in our business. And, and actually met with one last night, spent a couple hours with him over dinner. And, and and it really was just a checkup. It was sort of a coaching session (laughs) per se, uh, helping the people to, to identify the why. Yeah. The where needs to come after the why. Sure. And that's, but that's not, how it typically is happening in their mind. Sure. They're, they're going, well, you know, I'm, I'm 50 years old and by now I should have, 
Therefore, that's my goal. Yeah. And so I, I recall, you know, six or eight weeks ago with one of our folks going, okay, so you have a goal of, of X. And I want to be specific about it, but it was, a, it was a monetary goal, a monthly monetary goal. And, and I was like, okay, that's, that's nice. Why? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with it? Where's it going? What's the yeah. purpose? And I'm telling you, it was, it was not super clear. Yeah. Because that goal came from 20 years ago. Yeah, it was somewhat arbitrary. It's very arbitrary. Yeah. And, I, and I feel like that, that this is the, 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 just the, if anybody can come away from this show, the why has to be has in to. your conversations, in your thought process. It has to be compelling and powerful. Very compelling. Yeah. Because it's going to be, it's when you, when you hit, when you hit the wall, that why is what's going to get you back up off the floor and dust yourself off and keep going. Because otherwise you'd just lay there. <laughs> well, maybe that's what we're talking about in terms of the growth mindset, yeah. you know, and I, and I, I told a guy just last night and talking about, he was talking about changing his life, moving to a new city. And we were talking about his vision for doing that. And it was super fuzzy. Yeah. <laughs> like it was obviously more, I'm just running from something that's here in Atlanta. I call that a geographic cure. <laughs> it never ex- works. It never works. <laughs> it never works. And, but you know, when, when that vision is crystallized, you know, it, it and Joe and I have talked about that. It kind of acts as a, as a magnet. Yeah. Right. So I mean, you can't you can't skip this point. Um, so in terms of the growth mindset, yeah. I think that's a big part of the conversation. Absolutely. So uh, how do you how do you kind of interrupt everybody? You know, again, we're managing a team of people. How do you interrupt reality for everybody? What what, what what's the best way to kind of introduce this idea of a growth mindset? Yeah. So uh, you're talking about uh, mindset by Carol Dweck, which is a, a book that was written. Um, uh, 20 years ago, maybe originally. And it came out, she's a a clinical psychologist and this came out of a research study that she did. And it's, it's one of the most important books I've ever read. It's, it's, it's really, really uh, powerful and and important. You know, I, Clay, Clay, I'm sorry. Let's pause again, Joe, for the notes of the show, Bill, if you're taking notes, um, I read a book that is one of the most important books that our guests have Name read. The book I'm again. sorry, Joe, go ahead. Clay, go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. Clay, name, name the book and author again. Uh, a Mindset by Carol Dweck. Okay. D-W-E-C-K. It's fantastic. You and, should read it. And he, talk, he talks about, she talks about, well. uh, <laughs> she talks about um, two different mindsets, growth mindset and a fixed, fixed mindset, right? right? And um, a, a growth mindset is associated with uh, as you would expect, growth and development and putting putting faith in your ability to problem solve. I'll, right. I'll, I'll summarize right. it that way. Whereas a fixed mindset has the tendency to put put faith in my success as based on attributes I already have. Right. Like I'm only going to succeed if I'm smart enough versus a, a growth mindset is I'll figure it out. That's the video we watched today. Was it not? What's the exact video we watched? Uh, it was. So, so I actually it's didn't based read. On that. I actually didn't read the book. Did y'all connect on this? No. no. I, I wa- That's crazy. <laughs> I, he I wa- literally brought a five-minute video today for the morning meeting. We have meetings on Wednesday morning, and I'm impressed that you somehow connected the dots there. So, so I Travis. Did, so I didn't read the book. Travis doesn't normally come to the meetings, so I, it was neat to even I, have him there. And then he actually brought. <laughs> A, a, a video that has some perspective. I think he's it, trying to confess something, Joe. It was, uh, I actually watched a five-minute YouTube instead of read the book. So anyway, go, go ahead, Clay. I actually read cool. the book. Yeah. Clay did read the book. Yeah. And, and so, you know, how do you cultivate that in others? And, and so, so the, first of all, the answer is you cultivate it in yourself. And one of the things that, that that's really important to, to know about grow, growth and fixed mindset is it's not a it's not binary. One doesn't exist in growth or mind or fixed mindset. It's, 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 um, situational and it's domain based. So, so basically I may be very growth mindset in my, in my business, but I may be very fixed mindset in my parenting or so, right. something like that. I can right? see that. Yep. And I may be within my business. I may be very, very much in this. I may stay often in the growth, growth mindset with, uh, with like leadership, but maybe with money, I have a fixed mindset or something like that. Why, so, why do you think that? It, why, why does somebody get stuck in one area and the other area? It's all yeah, possibilities. That's a huge, huge answer, I think. And a lot of that becomes – immediately it comes from the stories we tell ourselves, right? Right. We're telling ourselves some story and – 
the, a thought becomes a story, which becomes a belief. That's how I think about it, based on how often we tell ourselves these things, right? And where, so like, where do those thoughts come from? A lot of times they come from our experiences, they come from our parenting, they come from how we grew up, they grow, you know, somebody that, grow, that grows up with no money is going to have a very different belief about money than somebody who grows up in affluence. I mean, that's, you, that sure. clearly right. you're going to really see hard, that. Hard not to, yeah. Hard not to, but somebody who grows up in a loving home is going to have a different, different relational style than somebody who grows up in an abusive home. Those, those sorts of things. Something just comes to mind that I saw last night in the conversation, and I don't know how this might be applied or how you apply it, but it was it, it's something that that um, has been used in the political realm of late, and it's this concept: if I can get you to believe a really outlandish, huge untruth. If I can get you to believe that, then then once I get you there, if I've gotten you there, then everything below it that's of less quality or less severity, it's very easy to get you to believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it and it's how it's how brain manipulation, it's how uh, uh, cults work. Sure, cults start at the. I mean, they start at the highest level of disbelief. If you can get them to believe a, a huge untruth, yeah. then everything below it, it's very easy to get them to believe. And I wonder how that affects us in our in our daily world, our daily life, when we go back and rewind our whole, you know, life in years and go, there's a there's a there's an untruth back here that I've never dis- discovered was an untruth. Mm-hmm. Well, that that you bought into. I bought into it hook, yeah. line, and sinker, and it's right. a pretty maybe a major untruth. Sure. And based on that untruth. I believe all these untruths. Yeah, absolutely. It happens all the time. That's a ton of, of the work I do is un, is untangling that, right? And so, you know, someone comes in and they, they're telling themselves this story about them being a victim or they're telling themselves this story about being not being good enough or smart enough. And they're telling them themselves a story about, I can own, I can, I can have a decent business, but I can't really have a million dollar business, right? And that, and it's so subtle and it's so quiet that they're, they're not even aware they're telling themselves that they're, that, that, that story, you know, but it's there. And if you really can sort of follow the line back, which you can't always, but sometimes you can, you can get an idea of where, of where that came from. And it was, and you're exactly, that's a great way to put it. It's, it was a lie that they picked up. Maybe it was, it was overtly, you know, given to them, or maybe it was just something they picked up on. You know, right. it's like sometimes our parents say like, you know, uh, you know, belief uh, in our family, we go to college like that sort sure. of that belief. Right. But you see your father mistreat your mom and, right. and you pick up the pick up the idea that, OK, this is kind of OK. Right. right. Nobody, nobody ever said it. Right. right. Those subtle cues. And so right. very often suddenly somebody picks up on this 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 idea and since we're talking about business that like yeah i can you know i can have a like a one person shop but like a, a real business yeah not by not to going to college i'm now somehow exactly. precluded of having a, a 10 million dollar business perfect perfect because example. i've heard that my life and I've, I've sort of find it around that yeah right well we, yeah. we've talked about this too we were talking about uh kind of top performing athletes and at the time it was when the michael jordan you know during the COVID, everybody's watching the michael jordan uh documentary and we talked about how we, we have this belief that there's a presupposition that to be a top performing athlete or top performing really in any environment, you, you, you have to kind of be an arrogant guy. Mm. Like, you, you know, the Michael Jordan, yeah, best in the world. You hear him talk about it. He's for sure that he is. Well, what an arrogant guy. That's a presupposition. He had to be that way in order to be that way. And so to me, what's kind of interesting about what you're saying is, no, he just didn't really have a self-limiting belief about himself yeah. so much. And yeah. so many top performers don't don't take that ceiling and put it really low, so they sound a little arrogant when you talk to them. I mean, if you're going to be the best business coach in the world, sure. that's really the uh, an idea. Yeah, that's, that's a good, great point. Yeah. You don't put a ceiling on it. Sure. So they may not be even close to where they want to go, but in their mind – there's no ceiling, so yeah. I'm going there. Like, why? Why wouldn't I get? Why that wouldn't I get there? Yeah. yeah, right. And I think, and that that the ego thing comes in there. Yeah. Goes back to the ego. How do you, how do you manage that with when the majority of the population probably doesn't feel the same way? They yeah. like, they they have a well, they definitely they have a ceiling the on themselves. Yeah. Here you are saying well, ceiling's not not for me, 
And then, yeah. you know, and so the way they look, look at you can have some impact. Yeah. And so I think that's a great question because the answer is, I don't care how they look <laughs> at us. Right. And so h- how do I help someone get to a point where they're like, not, not an area they They don't care about what people think about them, not from a place of arrogance, but from a place of personal power. Right. And from a place of balance and, and vulnerability and authenticity. Right. And if you look at these, these, these really high, high level performers in any field, I guarantee you if we could if we could look inside their brain, the thing that puts them apart like the really like epic levels and 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 the difference between them and the people that are a step down that like the greats that never got to be that epic is that mindset and that self talk and, and, and those right. and those and those beliefs. So that's that's a really, really important part of it. Um but the personal power is is an important piece of this too. And I talk to I talk about this all the time with my clients. And one of the things that I want my clients to always do or never do is never ever give up their personal power. And wondering, like being changing your behavior based on what you think that somebody else thinks about you is is a, the perfect example of giving away your personal power. And what the problem with personal power is, is or problem with that with wondering about what people uh, worrying about what other people think about you is that the way it goes is like this. I, I need, I need Joe to think that I'm okay in order for me to feel okay about myself. Right. I've just given you all the, and then all, and the, power, then, yeah. all the power. And then I'm wondering like, what's wrong with me? Well, I feel powerless. Right. Well, no kidding. I just gave away all, all my power. Right. And so people get stuck in this funk and it's like, and I don't think that's a, that's necessarily a, a an egotistical or an arrogant way, way to be to say, Joe, you're a great guy, but I'm just not giving you my power. This right. is like these you, are the, you don't define me. What you think yeah. about me doesn't define me. Doesn't define me. And I can define me. Yeah, and so that that's where the the authenticity piece comes in. Is like, like if you know there's there's a there's an old saying like if if you get a, get a, a, a horse thief sober, you just have a sober horse thief, right? Like <laughs> just because just because you, you you know just because I'm not acting like an arrogant jerk, like. Like being confident doesn't make you a jerk is what I'm trying to get at. That's true. Right. That's true. You know, like there, there are plenty of people like, like that. And I think that's one of the things that that I'm really good at with my clients is developing a rapport to where I can tell them that truth Mm -hmm. in a really pretty direct way. Right. And it lands because they know that it comes from a place of authenticity and love. Right. Right. So, so I I would drip this again back down for, uh, and maybe I'm selfishly talking because I'm getting the sense you and I can get some free therapy right now. You, (laughs) you definitely are. I mean, I'm just got, I got to take it right i mean but in terms of, of speaking to our people yeah uh, again who uh, we talked earlier you know sort of dealing with different motivation levels in, in this stuff but trying to help them see that was completely inappropriate now i'll say this it's funny though i'll say this it, it's definitely better than the mute right so we all want to be heard there's a late rim shot there but what i'm trying to get to is 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 how do we as business owners kind of filter this down right. you know to our folks who are really going to execute for us here yeah and so i think a lot of it is about about empowering them and bringing them along on decisions which i imagine you guys you guys do do some of too uh getting getting them to to, to buy into the level that's appropriate for their their ability level and respo- responsibility levels um uh, giving giving people responsibility and letting, letting them have some have some ownership of pieces is a, is a big part of it i think really just sort of educating them on on gro- and what growth mindset and what a fixed mindset looks like and a big part of it too is becoming the voice of growth mindset that they hear all the time. Okay. Like modeling it, modeling it for modeling us. It. Something that just came to my mind is we are either intentionally or arbitrarily setting the ceiling for our people. Yeah. So if we set our the ceiling too low, then they're they just they just they can't go anywhere. Yeah. They, 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 they can't, you know, and so we got to be conscientious of that. I hadn't thought about it in that way. Yeah. Right. And, and so along those lines and, and what you're asking uh, to Travis is th- that the way, like the subtle ways we talk to people is how we do this. Sets that bar. It yeah. sets that bar mm. and, and, and becomes the, the internal self-talk that they, they walk away with. So here, let me give you an example. This is more of a parenting example, uh, and and this and Carol Dweck talks about this in her book a lot. Is 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 if a if a child, um, if my if my my child comes home from school with a uh, an A on on the, on the test, and I say, oh honey, good job, you're so smart. That's one, option one. 
the other is, wow, you must have worked really hard to get that A. The first one creates a fixed mindset. The second one creates a growth mindset. We, we, you see the difference? Yeah. Wait, oh, the, yeah. That, interesting. Now there, there was a part of, I feel like there was a part of the body of kind of psychology that at some point, though, taught parents to say the first. Yeah. Hey, you're just brilliant. You're smart. And then you'll kind of become the person that I'm trying to talk you right. in. But you're right. Being. It does. Yeah. It does put a cap on it. It yeah. does. Absolutely. Mm. Like, what if... Like, what if that kid takes a class next year that they just, like, they put like 100% in and all I can do is a C plus? Then what? Right. You're stuck. Right. Or there's a, a class that's so far out of where they even think it's possible that they could achieve and make an A on, but you've you've kept them out at this, eh, I mean, yeah. you know, you did it in English. Good job. Yeah. You're smart. Yeah. And so that, that, that same lesson is true as a leader in your businesses too, right? And so... So putting putting somebody in charge of something that is challenging for them, you know, coaching them, mentoring them on the on the project, and then really giving them feedback on their effort and not on the outcome, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, re- and really celebrating that. Wow, that's a uh, that's interesting, Travis, because it's that's challenging for you, Joe. It's very challenging for me, very because I for I'm a very much of an outcome guy. Outcome. Like I like all the stuff you did to get there has been not exciting to me. Like the, the results not there. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, can I be truthful? I get that. I'm not sure. Like I appreciate your effort, but like we still have the problem. Yeah. It yeah. didn't happen. Yeah. yeah. But, but my, my, my take and Carol Dweck's take it too, is that if, if you consistently, um, you, you have to know what the, the, the elements of success are, sure. right. You have to know what the correct effort is. Right. And somebody can't be just like, you know, painting the walls and we're, right. we're supposed to be like cooking a, whatever. Right. And so that, that has to be in, in line and that can be where you, where you coach that. And if you do that enough, you will get the outcome. Right. Well, we kind of talked about extreme ownership too. And, th- and this re- honestly is who, who, who Joe, my business partner is in terms of, you know, the reality is if I've got an employee who is maxed out trying, I mean, we're, we're checking the boxes. They are, they are doing what we're asking in terms of effort, but the outcome is missing. Well, as a business owner, I own that. Yeah. That's that's not them anymore. That right. that that's now jumped to me. I've got yeah. somebody in the wrong, wrong position. Role, wrong I've role, hired yeah. the wrong person. That that really jumped ship to me. Sure. You talked about extreme ownership mm-hmm. earlier. So, yeah. what are some examples uh, in terms of small business world uh, that you've seen that that you would kind of teach in terms of that mindset of how to how to really own this situation and, and quit deflecting to everything else. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what you talk about is a, is a good example. Um, there's a, there's a book, um, uh, by Collins, um, uh, shoot, forgot, the name will come to me in a minute. And he, he, t- he talks about getting the right people on the bus, right? It was, it was written in the nineties. Jim Collins. Yeah. Um, good to great. Good to great. I'm sorry. It was jumping out of my, my brain. And one of the, one of the, one of the facts. From, Excellent Joe. <laughs> Excellent. Not my, yes. not my forte. I'm sorry, but I'll pull it out. One, one of the, like the very first line in the book is that, that, um, um, good is the enemy of great. Right yeah. and good enough will hold you back from from going going to greatness. Uh, yes. And one of the one of his principles, he talks about seven principles, and one of them is getting the right people on the bus. And once you get the right people on the bus, get them in the right seat on the oh, bus. That's huge, right? Yeah. Like that's the leadership. That's that's like he talks about. That's what great leaders do better than anybody else yeah. is like to get the right people in the right place to do the right work. And they recognize it quickly enough to where it doesn't get sabotaged along the process. And sure, you got you got you to modify and move before there's some things that go wrong that you may have a great person that should be over here, but sure. you've, you've sabotaged their success because of, of, of where they are. Right. And don't, and don't make it about failure for them. Make it, make it about uh, modification or change for you. And, right? and, and own, own it, own it here. Yeah. yeah hey, this own, was, this was my bad. Own it. Right. I, right. I'm, I'm going to put you over here. This is clearly where you need to be. Yeah. And I've definitely seen changes like that. All of a sudden this person was like, Oh gosh, I got to let them go. Nope. Moving the role. And they take off. They, they, wow. they just, and then all of a sudden their, their potential is way more than I ever thought, ever thought it was. Absolutely. Yeah. In the right I, role. I think giving up something Joe's talking about. I, I think giving up on contractors, on employees, on people, I think we tend because I do think, you know, our mindset as small business owners is, Hey, it's all on me. You know, this mm-hmm. is the, the result here at the end of the day, everybody's going to look to me we do kind of give up on people a little bit early, I mm, feel like, versus yeah. kind of say, you know what? I made the mistake. I put this guy in the wrong role. I asked my expectations were out of whack. If I kind of tweak that a little bit, I might get a result yeah. out of this person just in a different area 
right. of my business. But the other part of extreme ownership is not owning what's not yours. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And, and so, so if you, if you do in, in the, in the small business world, we're talking about leadership. So we'll sort of stay on that, on that track. If you have a, a, a team member that's, that's not showing up in, in the way they need, they need to, and it's their personal life and it's their, you know, their personal habits and the way they conduct themselves. That's not your responsibility. It's not, and right. it's not yours to own, but it's tough. It's, it's a trick. I mean, it's, it's, it's tempting to own that. Like, cause right. I am like, I'm the owner of the bug right. stops here. Right? right. And really kind of like that learning to discern what's my stuff and what's not. And by the way, this is something that I talk to, talk to couples about a lot too. Right. And you see that like successful, successful marriages, the both people do this really well and don't take on the other person's stuff. So we've uh, so, so a recent a recent conversation uh, through a book that I that I listened to that we've had. I wonder how you, what your take is on this, and it's it, it's in the it it it, it kind of blends with the mindset to some degree. Um, is so often we 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 go down a road that um, and this book was about willpower. Mm. It. it Basically, the book, basically, in, in short, was that if you rely too much on willpower, there's you're going to have problems. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. That you need to, you need to, to. There's other things that you can do, like fix your environment. If I'm trying. To, if I'm trying to lose weight, and I don't need to have snacks and ice cream and all kinds of stuff in the fridge, because then it takes willpower to not eat it. Mm-hmm. But if I don't even have it there, I don't. Even, I don't have the choice to eat it. I've created an environment of success. So I, I guess my question is, based on that, because I think environment's really important, um, how much do the issues that you're talking about with small business guys, how much is, is it environmentally related, meaning they can control the environment differently that, yeah. and, and not have to be so much willpower to overcome, to overcome, to overcome, yeah. and how much of it is, because we do know that willpower is needed Sure. In some areas to, sure. to penetrate through. Yeah. How would you? Yeah. So that's an interesting question because I, I, I think that, um, I think that we, we create our own environment. Right. And I think that, you know, to use your, your example of the, the, the weight loss and, and being in a position where you're putting yourself in a position where there's not temptations around. That's one way to go about it. I, I what I teach people is that if you, get to the place where you master your, your mind enough, which isn't really as hard as it sounds, that it doesn't matter what environment you're in and you will actually bring your energy to an environment and impact it effortlessly. So you might fall on the opposite side of this book a little bit and say <laughs> that let's master our mind and our, and our own willpower, our own ability to, to, yeah. to, to, cause, cause it, cause again, if you're in a situation where I absolutely, uh, you know, love pizza and you and and and, and i'm going <laughs> that sounds to sounds good doesn't it for me it's it tough seriously good. i love yeah. pizza but i have high cholesterol sure so if i you know what is what is the easy thing that everybody orders when it's 11 o'clock at night and everybody's hungry they order a pizza, pizza delivery sure and there's a beautiful pepperoni pizza and it's just right there it's it's it's, it's picking it up and eat it i mean sure. like 90 percent of the time i eat it yeah and i'm one of the more disciplined guys i know sure sure yeah, there, there's a maybe we need to push you a little bit more towards yeah. environment. How important it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, so certainly, I mean, there's there's definitely that to it as well. And and yeah, willpower is is less than ideal, right? That's not that's not plan A. If you if you're relying on willpower, it'll get you a little ways, but you got to figure something else out to take you take you the rest of the way because for the reasons that you say, it's going to fail when you're tired, when you're exhausted, right. when you're when you just had enough. Like you may be able to say no nine times out of ten, but man, that you get just the right situation. Situation, you're gonna you're gonna not not be able to say, be able to say no. So what I what I what I'm getting at is that um, is that the, the the like the big fulcrum work is to be able to look at how I'm talking to myself and what beliefs I have about myself. And if if I'm in a reasonable environment, I'm not talking about an extreme environment. And I am, you know, so so what is so for example, what does a you know somebody in your on your team do when there's a a difficult person in the environment and you guys aren't doing anything about it, right? It's up to them to figure it out, 
right? And they, what they so what they've got to do is look at look at how they're talking to themselves, look at what beliefs they're having about themselves, figuring out what part of this is their stuff and which part of it is that that other person's stuff. So they're in an uncomfortable environment. Can they fully control it? No, but there's a ton that they can do by managing themselves. I was That's say, what I'm so what I'm here, yeah, what I'm hearing is is that we've talked about this a lot uh, in, in in maybe not as much on you know on the show as off the show is we got to be really careful to spend a lot of time on the things we cannot control. Absolutely, and spend a lot of time on the things we can control. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and boy, I mean, that alone is empowering. Sure. If, if, if the, the, the prior to the, so if I'm going to have a difficult, difficult conversation with an employee or a vendor or whoever, a customer, I think I need to go in before I go to the conversation. I need to figure out, okay, what are the, what's the circumstances and what are the things that, that we had in our control and what are the things that we absolutely did not have in our sure. control Sure. and outline those separately. So in the conversation, I can actually call those out sure and because and, they also are not thinking that way either as the as the emotional angry upset employee vendor customer they're not they're not making those determinations at that point sure. they're just upset well, I, I the think. outcome didn't get there damn it and I, you know you were the problem that's what we hear right i, I feel like both of those points though are about preparation you know your your point is i'm going to prepare by not going and buying three frozen pizzas this right. afternoon, stick them in the freezer. In the back of my mind, I always kind of think, all right, I got to default on a Saturday night. I'll go get the frozen pizza. <laughs> or at least every time I open the freezer to get the broccoli, I've got to go past the frozen pizza. Like that can't, that's, that's tough. that can't be a good idea. <laughs> I mean, but that's preparation. I think your version of it is preparation as well. It's, it's hey, look, uh, before I walk into the party tonight, there's probably going to be a lot of calories in that party. Ultimately, what's my outcome? What am I looking for out of out of you know the totality of this situation? Um, so to me, it's both kind of preparation, yeah. and it, it, it's kind of like what we talked about uh, here recently is get super clear on what the outcome is. If the outcomes have a good time all the time, then you're probably going to eat the pizza. Yeah. If the outcome is hey, I want a healthy life or a healthy lifestyle, then it gives me a kind of a visual as to why I won't eat the pizza sure. when it gets put on me. Yeah, and another part of that that too is that we all humans. There's no such thing as random behavior. We everything we do has at least a perceived value for us. It does. We think at least think that it does something for us. Mm. Everything we do, and um, so eating is another example, right? Eating is a great way to buffer or mood alter, mm-hmm. right? And so this is a lot of the a lot of the coaching I do around around eating is to look at like when I'm, you know, I had a fine dinner at seven o'clock and here it is eight 30. I'm sitting in front of the pantry with the door open <laughs> looking around like, why, why, what's that about? Well, if there's nothing in the pantry though, Clay, but there's plenty in the pantry and my belly's full, <laughs> right? We, we know there's going right? to be plenty in the pantry. Right? Yeah. right. And so, and so the thing is like, am I, am I, whether something's there or not is, I mean, that's, that makes it a little bit easier, but I'm standing there trying to change the way I feel. Yeah, like, 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 why are you even there? I, yeah. That's such a good point. I had a buddy the other night, we're talking about weight, weight loss, and he said, you know, he said, I I, I just skip dinner. I, I tend to, to drink beer at night. Okay, that's nice. Like, but but he's altered. what he's doing is he's altering his mood. His mood. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so I want to get back. So you're standing at the pr- right. pantry. Right. <laughs> he interrupts what, a lot. What are you wearing? Why are you standing you at wearing? the pantry, Clay? And what, yeah. what what's going on here? What's going on for real? So what's going on for real is... I feel some way that I don't like and I want to change it and I'm planning to use food to change it. Interesting. Right. And so if instead of using the the crackers or the cookies or the whatever to, to change my mood, if I can learn to properly process my emotions, then I don't have to mood alter with food. Can, I, can, can we also say that that when I go to the pantry, it's something I have absolutely control over. And I'm probably arbitrarily not even knowing that I'm dealing with potentially an emotion sure. that I don't have control over. Right. I may have mm. I may have some emotions that I do have control over also that I'm dealing with also, but I'm controlling it with something that I have known control over. Yeah. Like I've witnessed this. So I'm going to make the argument that you have full control over all your emotions. You can create of your emotions. Yes. You you, you can create any emotion you want on demand. 
I agree with that. So when I say you don't have control over it, I don't have control that COVID-19 is spreading all through sure, the United States right. and all over the internet. So that's a, all that's over. a circumstance. My reaction to it, I have control. But, right. but your your argument here is that if you if the pantry has fruits and vegetables in it, you're limited to fruits and vegetables. Totally not true. Uh, was it Grubhub, Domino's, <laughs> Papa John's? The well, store, the store is that, three minutes because that's the, the mindset you operate it from. It never goes away. Yeah. Your your discipline and your and your and your pull through are, are is gonna, around calling Uber Eats. Are, are you going to start that right now? Should we go to your garage and look at your discipline? Let's don't do that. Huh? Should we, look? <laughs> Bill? How do you feel about his garage and his his how personal? Clean, how clean is it? Huh? How clean nice. is it? <laughs> <laughs> Bill said that's a bunch of BS. Just for the record, so so I think if if your if your pantry is full of junk food, it's it's a little bit harder. But what what I'm what I'm saying is that is that you can look in a pantry because 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 maybe maybe my my wife likes to have chocolate in in the house, and is it fair for me to ask her not to have chocolate in the house just because I've got you know I can't control myself right. that that sort of thing? And so like, what do you do in those situations? Tough. It's it's tough, and so you got to figure that out. And so I think that that by by saying by saying the only way I can abstain is by having absolutely no access access to it is is a uh, is not a place of personal power. I, I agree, it cannot be the only method, yeah. but I think so. For instance, um, you've walked in our basement today, which, and, which and, is awesome, by the way, and 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 we were purposeful about the environment because we believe the environment helps to create a mood. Mm-hmm. Now I could have willpower and I could have mental process to go. I could be sitting in a dump and have the same mood, but I am an emotional being. Sure. I can't control it all. Don't want to control it all. By the way, it's nice to have some things that are not in my control. Um, and so <laughs> I think there's a balance here, Clay. What, what would those things? Is life be? not a balance? <laughs> Ideally, but most people are out of balance. <laughs> Thank goodness, right? That's, that's, that's the business. That's what puts you in business. <laughs> exactly this is right. actually the business that me and Travis want to go in. That's why we open uh, the, the big we, truths of small business. We yeah. want we want to yeah. we want to coach people. We got a lot of referrals yeah. for uh, at the end. They're of the They're knocking the door down. The thousands. My my very strong experience is that is that thoughts create emotions, right? Yeah. The, the way we talk to ourselves is where our emotional state of the moment comes from. And if we can learn to be, if we can learn to discern what we're, what we're saying to ourselves, and a lot of times it is subtle, I mean subtle and hard to get at. But if we can, and we real, realize that we're telling ourselves silly stuff, like our brains tell us silly stuff all the time. Mm. Like my brain will say, you know, Clay, you really need a pizza. <laughs> and I'll go... No, I've got high cholesterol or whatever, whatever it is. Like that's a ridiculous thing to say, brain, Mr. Brain, right? But <laughs> Mr. our brain, brain. Like, you know, people in long-term recovery, all of a sudden their brain goes, you know what? You should, you should get a bourbon. Like, no, I shouldn't get a bourbon. That's a horrible idea. Right. But our brains tell us things like that all the time. And so what being able to dis- discern that and sort of like when those things pop up, go, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't sound right. And so instead of pushing back against it, because if we push back against our thoughts, we create conflict in ourselves, which is not the goal. And so what, what we can what we can learn to do is just sort of laugh it off and dismiss it and go, no, that doesn't sound right. I'm just going to let that one gonna go on by. Digging into Mr. Brain, because I kind of like this Mr. Brain. Yeah. <laughs> can you give me a little bit deeper understanding and reasoning why Mr. Brain is telling me I want that pizza? Because I do want that pizza. <laughs> <laughs> why is Mr. Brain? Why, why isn't it in the context of of God's world that I'm not craving broccoli? Why? I tell you what. Why you, is it pizza, Clay? If you eat enough, that's bad for me. That's by the, the way, best question you've ever asked on any podcast. <laughs> why? Why is it pizza not broccoli See, over pizza? Because pizza tastes so good. So damn but but good. why does pizza taste better than broccoli? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's why is our brain. Why? Why are the bad things in life seemingly I think we're going to the Genesis ones we gravitate one. towards? Yeah. So I, th- I think that this is a little bit of an aside um, that, that re- really a lot of the food we eat these days is, I call it pseudo food, that it's so highly manufactured and it's okay. actually engineered, chemically engineered to, to light up the, the reward centers of our brain. That's right. Right? Yeah. And so, I mean, that really is the answer to your question. That's a good point. It's we like can, all and, addictions, and, and, right? Said, we can do that. It's we, like all addiction. Yeah, right? sort of we can that. do that in any addiction. Yeah, yeah. Sure. That's right. right. It's what, what porn's done 
for the idea of sex. Right. right? There's no there's no difference between porn now and 30 years ago. It's just so much more easily available right. now and and right. and available to younger people. And when and and when you introduce anything, a chemical like age of onset of use is something we look for when we're assessing people for addiction because somebody starts at 12 versus 18 all the difference in the world and how, how that disease progresses. Oh, wow. Right. And so now we have 12 year olds that used to not be able to get access to porn. Right. You know, and when I was, when I, you know, oh, yeah, we had, we ago, had to find a penthouse magazine that somebody left over here. I mean, some da- somebody's dad's house, very, right? very difficult. Right. Yeah. And so now it's, it's so available that, that part of the problem is that the age of onset is so much younger that it's causing, I mean, it's going to be, this next generation is going to be tough. Like my daughter, who's a senior in high school is going to, when she's, in her twenties, she's going to have trouble finding a, a, a boyfriend or a husband who hasn't who ha- addicted to it. Who, who isn't addicted to it? It's that At an early age. It's that bad. It's going to be. Gosh. A, that's a whole. That's a whole nother, another thing. Well, but, maybe you know. maybe the next podcast we do is is maybe uh, maybe it's about the phone that's right in front of yeah. all of our people and how yeah. it it's telling us who we are and what's okay and what yeah. we're and what we're craving. Yeah. Well, I mean, the I mean, the my specialty in my therapy practice is addictive diseases. That's my, that's really was always my, my specialty and where, and where I started in a lot of drug and alcohol and a lot of pornography addiction, a lot of sex addiction, a lot of, a lot of food addiction is a little bit, di- a little bit different situation, but uh, pornography and those sorts of things. So, yeah. Well, let me give you a question here that we asked our last coach. Um, let's get your take on it. Uh, what's the difference between coaching and therapy? Yeah. So I think everybody has a different take on this. And I think it's, uh, we have a lot of answers that are overlap a lot. Um, one of the things that, that I, that I, when I'm talking about the difference between these, th- those two topics is those two concepts is that human change is human change. And we were talking about that a little bit earlier, like going from one, one where I am to where I want to be is a matter of acquiring and mastering the appropriate skills to get there. Right. And so if a, if a client comes to me who is, you know, uh, very, really struggling with, say, say, uh, anxiety symptoms, right. And to the point where it's impacting their lives, it's clearly a clinical case. So what we're going to do is we're going to work on thought work. We're going to work on self-talk. We're going to work on all, all the different, I'm going to give them tools that allows them to be able to go to the grocery store because maybe they couldn't before. Right. That's the, that's where I'm getting them. Likewise, I may have may have a, a business owner come to me that's stuck at two and a half million dollars a year and wants to get to eight or ten million dollars. Right? Seems like totally different problems, but in my mind, they're they're exactly the same problem. They're just at different places on on a on a continuum. So the person, the, the business owner, I'm going to work with him on like mindset issues and what like what do you believe about yourself? What are you telling yourself about a two and a half million dollar business versus a ten million million dollar business? How do you? I'm going to help him up up level his mindset so that he creates, he becomes the person who is capable of, of owning and managing and directing a $10 million business. So that's a skill set question too, for me. So it's like this, this long, long, long continuum and like where somebody is on that continuum defines whether it's therapy or, or coaching. And so what I say is the difference between therapy and coaching is where the client is. So going to the small business guy and his 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 mindset around maybe the guy's coming to you with that goal, okay, going to two and a half to ten. Um, you've you've coached, I'm guessing, hundreds of folks at mm-hmm. at this point. How many of of the guys or and gals uh, where that is truly a mindset problem to get there? versus you know uh tactical a, a tactical a a maybe even skill set yeah and i know you can't evaluate all their skill sets because you're not you're not out there in the field i'm not, I'm not in their business you, right you, you, i mean you can't you can't be full, fully evaluative of that but but do you have any 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 idea around that yeah 100 <laughs> percent. okay mindset 100 percent mindset I, I i guarantee you like any business owner comes to me and says my business is and that, like that's as far as they need to get and i'm like it's in your head because most skills can be acquired. Right. You just go take, you go read a book, you go take a class, you go to a seminar, and now you know how to run Google ads or whatever it is. You may have to practice and get better at it, but that's like, that's like, and here's, here's the thing. People come to me and they're like, if I could just get my funnel right, my business would be perfect. I'm like, nope. (laughs) Nope." Well, it's one one of the things I've, I've sort of in my low level coaching abilities, 
<laughs> Extremely low. <laughs> <laughs> he set that up for you. I do find that, uh, that, that, that people um, also need to look at, and oftentimes unwilling, to look at their current lifestyle and behaviors and how it translates sure. back to their ability to make proper decisions in other areas, including their business. Sure. Well, yeah. I, I want to be a $10 million business in order to do that. I need to invest a higher dollar number. I can't do that because I suck the business dry because I want the house here and the house down there and the car here. The, the boat and the whatever. Yeah. And, and that's part of it, which is, which is okay. If, if, sure. if the lifestyle that they're currently living is more important than the $10 million, then, then maybe they need to just stay where they are. Sure. But that's where they really want to go. Then there's a reason behind that. And the reason behind that is the mindset. Right. That's, that's what, so, so for me, it all comes back to like, what, what is it? Is it just, is it just selfishness? Is it just laziness? I mean, you wouldn't get to where you have a successful business if that was the case. I don't, I don't think. Right. So I, I, I think that, that it still is something about their, their belief system. Right. And their, their, their behavior. Again, remember our behavior is never random. Right, they're doing what they're doing. They're living the lifestyle they're living because it either does or it seems to do something for them. Right, because there may be a story like I can't possibly live on less, so how could I possibly invest more? Right, right. like, well, is that really true, or is that just a story you're telling yourself? And if it is true, then 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 maybe you won't get there. Maybe you won't get there. Right, and then people come to me like, I want a hundred million dollar business. And like, all right, what are you doing tomorrow? I'm taking the day off. <laughs> no, that's not how it so, works. <laughs> so, so your your practice is really a testament to encouraging discomfort. <laughs> hey, like, baby, I'm, that, is the, that is a great question. I'm glad you brought that okay. up. And I said this to somebody yesterday in, in my in my office. I said, when you can learn to look at discomfort and growth as the same thing, you're there. Yeah, yeah, that's what, mm. that's what you're describing. Yeah, Joe, what do you have for us? <laughs> we are at the moment in the show where we're going to pick out a random. Page on As a Man Thinketh by James, James Allen. Allen. Thank you, James. And we're going to get Clay's reaction to whatever I pick. Oh, okay. Clay has not been prepped. You were supposed question. to have a particular, but you don't. I couldn't decide. So I'm just going to open it, it, it up. It's all so good. I'm going to go early in the book this time. Right. We'll get out of the preface here. We're going to go right here. Please read the full paragraph. <laughs> Context. I times. usually do, although it's tough. I usually do. <laughs> here we go. I'll read, yeah, I'll read this right here. Act is the blossom of thought, and joy and suffering are its fruits. Thus does a man garner in the sweet and bitter fruitage of his own husbandry. Thought in the mind bath made us. What we are by thought was wrought and built. If a man's mind hath evil thoughts, pain comes on him as comes the wheel, the ox behind. If one endure in purity of thought, joy follows him as his own shadow, sure. Yeah. If wow. that wasn't the redneck version of reading as a man thinketh, I'm not sure. That, Bill. that, is, that is the... Bill, did you understand anything that he said? That Bill. was about as clear as I could possibly I, I, read the thing. Yeah, so I, I understood. I, th I think I, you know, my takeaway from that is exactly what we've been talking about a lot in a lot of ways. Like we we create our reality through our thoughts. Like we, I, 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 I like I think the Matrix, the movie, is, a, doc it. is a documentary. Yeah, it's not. One. It's not a fantasy movie. It's a documentary. Like we, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but but we we actually create the situation that we live in by how we think and how we how we talk to ourselves. And I think that's kind of, kind of what that was was getting at too. And if we can get better at managing our thoughts, if we can have better thoughts. If we can have more have thoughts that serve us more. We can actually enjoy a better reality. And it talks about the action, right? And having that 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 mindset and that the, those serviceable thoughts puts us in a place to take the right action. But you know what? Sometimes you got to take some action first. So the final question I have for you for the show, because we're talking about mindset. Yes. If you were to give one single advice as a a, a first step towards tilting towards a mindset that's that's productive. Mm -hmm. in the things we're talking about. 
what what is the one advice to leave people with that they said this is the first move that if without this everything else falls apart yeah it's i've I've got an answer to that and it's true it's it's not very sexy i'm afraid though but it's really foundational and important and it's actually learn to understand how you feel Hmm. learn to understand how you feel how you feel or 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 why you feel the way no not even why no what what emotion you're experiencing in the moment Hmm. Because okay. I'll, I'll work with, I've worked, especially men, it's not necessarily women too, but it's like, how do you feel? I feel pissed. How do you feel now? I feel pissed. I feel, how do you feel? Like, like, that's, like what else you got? Boy, that resonates. <laughs> you know, it's like, I feel hurt. I feel embarrassed. I feel that. Right. There's like tens of thousands of emotions and being yeah. able to really sort of clearly identify how I feel is the, is the foundation of good communication. Oh. It's the good. It's the it's the foundation of being able to do things like look in the pantry and not eat the crap that I don't want to eat, right? Interesting. You, yeah. you got to have all. That's that's the building block of all of 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 all the mindset work that I do. Clay, that's the most profound thing you said on the whole show. Because <laughs> because Travis, you were skipping ahead when you said why. You cannot go to why until you know what you feel and how yeah. you feel. Like what wh- what is it? Yeah. What am I feeling? Then you go back to why you're feeling it. And that's that's going to be a wrap. Joe, what, yes, what are you feeling? Yes, sir. Yes, what are you feeling right now? I hit the wrong show. What are you feeling? <laughs> we got love. the truth. We got the truth. We got the truth. We do have the truths. I do. A small Clay had more truth than right. Travis has ever bought. We got the truth. Much more. We got the truth. We got the big truths of small business sponsored by Yes, I Rent. Yes, I Rent. Yes, I Rent. Property management. Replace good tents and collect your rent. Maintain your properties and account for it. Truths. We got the truths. We got the truths. We got the big truths. Small business sponsored by Yes, I Rent. Find us at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, yesirent.com, and anywhere else where you listen to podcasts. Right, Bill? That's right. Thanks, Bill. We're signing out, man.